The Extremist Publishing Podcast is endorsed by Heart 200, Scotland's most exciting road trip. Find out more at heart200.scot. Extremist Publishing Christmas Podcast and season's greetings to everyone at home. Today is a red letter day at Extremist Publishing as I have a very special guest. He's been a bishop, he's been a toy maker, and now he's the CEO of the world's single greatest toy manufacturing facility. Speaking to us directly from his headquarters in the North Pole, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Santa Claus. <laughs> A red letter day indeed. <laughs> That's all we wear around here is red. So, <laughs> Dr. Christie, yeah, boy, I'll tell you, it's great to be talking to you again. You've had a banner year. It's an absolute honor to be speaking to you, Santa, and uh, thanks for taking time out of your own busy season to talk to me. Well, it definitely is getting busy <laughs> <laughs> We've got everything going full steam now, let me tell you. So, and I, I'll tell you, I'm excited about this year. You know, it's it's been an interesting year to say the least in a lot of different ways. But, uh, but yeah, but first of all, again, I have to congratulate you and Extremist Publishing. Oh my goodness, you guys have have really hit the top of, of the uh, polls now because now you're the best of the UK publishers. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much, Santa. It was a, a big surprise to us too. <laughs> now, did you have to apply for that or was that just something they contacted you? It sounds like they just contacted you. Yeah, it was a, a place called um, Corporate Livewire who do a series of business awards uh, in different regions. And they contacted us to say that we had been named uh, Publisher of the Year in their Scotland Prestige Awards. Wow, fantastic. Well, you know, that's what they say. Hard work always pays off. And obviously for Extremis and you and, and the lovely Julie Christie, I mean... Proud of you both and for what you've done. You've had a lot of books come out this year, have you not? 
Yes, we have. We've got, um, well, it's four so far, and we've got a fifth one coming at the end of November. It's okay. We have to do these. Let me explain to the audience. We have to do these a little bit ahead of time and then just roll them out because when he finally gets us out there to, to everybody, I can promise you I'm not going to have five minutes to spare. So. <laughs> so not to worry, Tom. Go ahead. And how are things with you, Santa? How are Mrs. Claus and the elves? Ah, oh, doing well. I mean, Mrs. Claus is, is you know, she's my CEO. I don't know if you knew that, but she is the chief elf organizer. So she's running, you know, all the different toy lines and stuff. I'm doing quality control right now, and I'm just kind of checking to make sure everything else is exactly the way it should be. So, <laughs> and those who want to actually visit me at my toy shop, I'd love to talk to you personally. And there's a way you can do that. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But first, I want to get back to Extremis and all the wonderful books you have. Boy, I'll tell you what, Tom, I absolutely could not believe the new book that you came out with and a, a very spectrum christmas wow what made you think of doing that that was just unbelievable well do you know i know that often authors talk about you know what a, an effort it was to write a book or how much hard work had to go into the research but this one was an absolute labor of love um, because it took me right the way back to my childhood um, and the early micro from, from back then. Um, there was a very fierce rivalry in Britain um, between the Sinclair Spectrum and the Commodore 64 um, as to who had the best games and, and those kind of things. There were lots of playground arguments over it. Um, but the Spectrum always had um, a very special place in people's hearts because um, around 5 million of them were manufactured in the, the 1980s, uh, and many of them were, were given as Christmas presents. Uh, so there were all sorts of really creative and often quite eccentric games uh, that came out for the Spectrum. And uh, this one um, in particular looks at the, the Christmas games of the period and the ones that were um, very specifically geared towards the festive season. You know, we did, you know, I know I delivered an awful lot of those and boy, they, they seem to be on everybody's list for a while. And, you know, I cannot believe how many Christmas games that featured me that Spectrum came out with. I mean, certainly Commodore didn't and Atari later and all the rest. None of them came out with the kind of Christmas games that that Spectrum did, I, I couldn't believe some of those. I wasn't even familiar. I, apparently the elves were playing them and they weren't telling me. So <laughs> what was your favorite as a kid? Um, my favorite Christmas game was Compendium. Uh, I thought that was tremendous because it was all of the old fashioned games like Ludo and Snakes and Ladders uh, reimagined for the Sinclair Spectrum. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting experience. Well, and I got to say, I mean, I am just amazed. And some of those, now how long were they coming out with that? Because it seems every year they came out with a bunch more and I had more to put in the bag and more to deliver. I mean, everybody was always asking me for Spectrum over there, which interestingly, 
you know, in America and other places, they weren't asking me for those games because, you know, the Spectrum was the big thing in Europe. And Commodore, as you said, was the big thing in America. And they had completely different game sets. So, and of course, you compare that to nowadays and it's almost scary. Yes, absolutely. Back then, you really could, you know, design a game at home and market it to a software company. I mean, now you have millions and millions of dollars going into computer games. So uh, I think there was a charm back then to the the, the gaming industry. Um, You really could dream of making a fortune with a game and and go out and do it. And then I all had, I had to deliver them all. Thanks a lot, you people. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, it is a fascinating book and boy i'll tell you if you want to go back a little bit and see what the games were then i i find it fascinating that you look at these games in these and again as i said comparing it to nowadays oh my heavens it's night and day but (laughs) but as with all things you have to start somewhere and boy spectrum was really state-of-the-art back then weren't they Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the thing that amazes me is um, they stopped being commercially available in the early 90s. About 92, I think, they stopped manufacturing them. But people are still making games for them now. Um, And that's the thing that amazes me. So they can still make games today that work Mm -hmm. on the Spectrum system. Now, can you get the old games still? I mean, you know, what do you go on eBay or, or what? Or yeah, you can you can buy them from eBay or there's there's specialist dealers that have them. Um, often, of course, because they're on cassette tape, you have to watch the oxide on the tape to make sure that they can still play. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm them now. Another thing that's kind of gone by the wayside. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I'll tell you, the Spectrum book is is wonderful, and I wish you much success with that. And I have a funny feeling when people really want to look at something nostalgic, they're going to love that book. But you've got some other Christmas books, which, as you know, are my personal favorites, (laughs) starting with the and, and I'm going backwards, but not all the way to the beginning. I'm doing this in reverse order. But. A, the Golden Age of Christmas Movies. That is my favorite book so far. <laughs> tell, tell me, I, out of all of those fabulous movies in that, what was your favorite? Now, that's a, a good question, actually, because it is. there were so many um, fantastic films. I mean, that was really when the Christmas movie genre was starting to come together, when people were starting to recognize the the various conventions. And you have films like It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street. For me, um, I would say it's a a dead heat between two films. Um, It happened on Fifth Avenue. um, Which is a fabulous movie. I love that. And, you know, virtually unheard of over here. Uh, I really had to track one down (laughs) to, to, to see it. Um, so the other one is The Holly and the Ivy, um, which was a post-war British movie. And, yes. Uh, I saw that for the first time uh, while writing the book and really, really enjoyed it because it's a little bit of um, social history sort of pickled in aspic 
Um, and uh, even the characters know that that period was changing, you know, that social attitudes and culture were changing at the time. Um, so it's a really fascinating little um, bit of social history. And I, I'll tell you, it's a great movie. And, and the one you mentioned on, on, on Fifth Avenue, that that's one that's not all that well known or played uh, in the Americas either. Uh, you know, most people have never heard of that. And to me, it is just ah, oh, one of the most touching movies ever made uh, about Christmas or any other time. So that's definitely at the top of my favorites. And of course, it wouldn't surprise anybody for me to say Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> Everybody expects me to love that one. And of course I do. I mean, and it's versions that followed later. But it's amazing some of the movies that are on there. And, and what's so great about it is you really get in depth with this. And you talk about all the things that were going on and, and how the movie came about and what the directors were doing, what the producers were thinking. What uh, And I'll tell you, you really get into a sense of what it really took to make those movies back then, as well as, you know, what all the actors went through and stuff. So from that standpoint, it is just a fun and fascinating read. And I'll tell you what, if your favorite movie isn't in there from Christmas in that period of time, it isn't produced. Because, <laughs> boy, you, you grabbed every one of them, didn't you? Now, how long did it take you to research all that? Oh, it took me about three months initial research and then about nine months to write the book. Nice. About a year from start to finish. And that, believe me, for as much as you put in that, that's not a lot of time because, boy, I think it would have taken us a whole lot longer even up here. So, and the reason I bring that book up first, uh, you wrote another book about Christmas movies, the A Righteously Awesome 80s Christmas. And oh my gosh, talk about night and day difference. Look at what, you know, a couple decades did. And basically like three decades and look at the change in the movies and how much different they were than like that golden age. Did you, did that even surprise you a little bit when you were writing that book and how different the whole attitude and genre and everything that, that was going on then? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a, a really uh, stark contrast because um, in the 40s and 50s, you have all of the um, ingredients of classic Christmas cinema starting to take form. Um, and then after the sort of mid-50s to late-50s, that kind of starts to drift away. Um, and in the 60s and 70s, very little happens with Christmas cinema because all of the top features were on television. Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't, a, wasn't really a big thing. Um, that, was, that was the Rankin-Bass you know, mm. period where everything came out, you know, from Frosty to Rudolph to Santa's coming to town, all of that. And you're right. It was all big on television at that point in time because that was the new medium. And yeah, books kind of just faded away for a little while. And, and, and of course, you have so many fantastic TV movies from that period. You have the American Christmas Carol um, and you have uh, the remake of um, It's a Wonderful Life with Orson mm -hmm. Welles. Mm -hmm. um, so there were lots of really interesting things happening on TV. Um, but it's not until you get to the sort of early to mid 1980s that you get that new 
second golden age of Christmas cinema. Um, and it started off with Santa Claus the movie. Uh, I love Huddleston. Bless his heart, you know. May he rest in peace. Boy, I'll tell you, he was a great Santa from that standpoint. And, and of course, Dudley Moore as well, you know, um, loved him. And, and, and again, we lost a great actor in him. But just the, the whole theme of that thing was just fabulous. And, boy, I'll tell you, nobody makes a better bad guy than John Lithgow. Oh, he was classic in that. But anyway, but but what really amazed me is all the slash films and the horror films and that kind of thing that came out during it. It's like that's so anti-Christmas. I was surprised to see that kind of thing happening all every year. Yeah, some of it very subversive. You know, one of them I had to had to actually track it down on Betamax because I couldn't get a copy of it more recently than that. Man, oh, that's right. And I forgot Die Hard's in there and Scrooged. Now, that was a strange one, but <laughs> and Gremlins. Oh, my God. You know, I still laugh over that. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's terrible, but it's funny. So, so, but yeah, again, a fascinating book. And oh, my heavens, it's got all, all the good ones and the not so good ones in there. So, but again, I mean, next to me, my friend, I think you are the biggest authority on Christmas that walks right now. So, <laughs> so well, thank really, you for getting all of this out to us. I'm really glad you enjoyed them because there's more to come. Oh, <laughs> and we can't wait. Believe me, as much as we love playing with toys and stuff up here, we really love to read and to and to see what's going on in the cultures and that kind of thing. Now, you've got a lot of fun stuff coming up for Christmas. Don't you have a video coming soon? We do indeed, yes. Every every year we do an extremist publishing Christmas video. And they're um, very entertaining, by the way. <laughs> but we always challenge ourselves to try and have a completely different theme every year. Um, and uh, we're always greatly indebted to all of the authors and um, volunteers for being such good sports and getting involved. Well, you have a good pool and, and a wonderful talent base of authors and that are coming out with a lot of different things. And of course, not only do you write about Christmas, but of course, you've, you've also got your other books about you know, that are like travel guides for, for your area. Why don't you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's something that interests me because um, the two travel guides that I've written in collaboration with my sister, Julie, um, both of them have been, you know, set right here in this area. Um, so central Scotland, Stillingshire and Perthshire through the Trossachs National Park and places like that. It's just such a really interesting area. There are so many interesting cultural and historical stories to tell well and i'll tell you that you have such a fascinating area and i love to visit it unfortunately i see it mostly at night and only for a short period but i do promise to eventually make it out there and i'll let you guys take me around and show me some of the things that are in your book i would love to visit them firsthand well, you'll be most welcome, Santa. We'll make sure the mulled wine and the mince pies are on hand. <laughs> I can't wait for Christmas Eve for that. I'll tell you what. I mean, 
it's it's fascinating how how different areas give me different things on Christmas Eve, but I gotta tell you, I love them all from the fish soups and in, in the uh, up in the Norway and, and Sweden to the cookies in America to of course the mince pies and and the malt wine or or if I'm in Ireland the Guinness and <laughs> so on and so forth. I'll tell you, it's no wonder I can't ever get thin. You know, I mean, you all feed me too well. So, <laughs> so what is in store for Extremis in 2022? Because we're almost knocking on the door here. Well, I'm pleased to say we've got a lot of really interesting surprises in store for you. Um, lots of different books on a variety of different subjects um, and possibly some new authors coming on board as well. Fantastic. Can you give me a little hint of what's coming? Or uh, Well, there's going to be some um, cultural history. Um, there is going to be some uh, travel. Not in the areas where we've covered so far. They're going to be quite different this time. Um, and also there may, just may, be a little bit more Christmas cinema on the way as well. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, and of course, you're going to get as in depth as you did with the first two novels, right? And explain well, all the things that go on and how they came about and stuff. And uh, as I said, I don't want, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, if you enjoy films like The Santa Claus, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Home Alone, you'll be in for a treat. Who doesn't? <laughs> I mean. Who doesn't? I those are some of you know, it's tough. Whether you're talking the golden age or the righteous 80s or anything even coming out today, there's always some great cinema and some great things to, to watch. And and I'll tell you, the important part is that you take away the moral lessons that these have to teach, and you keep in mind that giving is still the best thing for your heart that you can do. So <laughs> from that standpoint, I wish more people would catch on to the morals of these stories, but there's always hope that everybody will get it sooner or later. And on the subject of Christmas Cinema Santa, it would be remiss of me not to ask you what you've thought of Kurt Russell, because I know, I know he's been portraying you. <laughs> you know, Kurt, has always been on my good list. I mean, you know, he plays a rough and tumble guy, kind of guy. I mean, everything from Escape to from New York to to the current Christmas movies with his lovely wife Goldie, who is always on my nice list. But anyway, but he does a pretty fair job. I got to give him credit for it. So, <laughs> and I've enjoyed, as have the elves and Mrs. Claus, we've all enjoyed those, those movies that he's done so far. And I guess he's coming out with a third one, is he not? Yeah, well, one has it. I think it might be next year. Well, as long as he keeps wanting to tell the story, I'll keep watching. So. <laughs> and of course it does help you know some people they they try and figure out how i do everything and you know there's there's a little i will tell you there's a little bit of truth to every one of these movies and a little bit of make-believe so it's up to you what you want to believe but you can take away a few things and go i wonder if that's really how he does it and it might be 
So, <laughs> so you can never tell. But anyway, but it, it gives you some food for thought anyway. But and they're always fun to watch. So yeah, whether you're having hot chocolate or, or malt wine or <laughs> whatever you would. So <laughs> where can they get all these books or learn more about each book? Uh, well, they can find out more from our website, extremistpublishing.com, um, and they're available to buy from online retailers and independent booksellers all over the world. Excellent. Excellent. Yes, I've seen them in, in various places around the world. So very excellent. But yes, extremistpublishing.com. That's the best way to, to see everything that's going on. And, and you know, you're doing a lot of podcasts now with a lot of your authors and stuff, such as well, are you not? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of publishing is um, the, the podcast, because I think they give people the opportunity to find out more about the author than just the books they write. Um, it gives a, an opportunity for people to open up and tell us a little bit about their own views and, um, you know, how they came to be uh, in the position of writing books in, in the first place. And where can they find those? Uh, well, there are links on our website to the various different places, but um, you can find them on Spotify, Amazon Music, um, Google Podcasts, um, all the places like that, and obviously Apple uh, Podcasts as well. And you have some YouTube videos, do you not? Yes, we do. Yeah, we like to make sure that uh, all the different books have a, a video presentation um, and also it uh, gives people a chance to meet the authors as well. And sometimes we do the, the odd special um, when they get the chance as well so and I was going to say people love to look at videos to get a feel for for what it is they might want to read and that's a good way to to get a good introduction and to learn a little bit about the author and see who the author is and let them see who he or she looks like and and what what they're working on and why so I think that's an excellent idea that you do that. So nice job. It's no wonder you're the, the best publisher in the UK. So <laughs> you put a lot of thought and effort into this. Oddly enough, on, on the subject of video, I mean, we, we all know that Santa's workshop is a closely hidden secret and no one knows exactly where it's located <laughs> in North Pole. But I have it in good authority that there are ways that people can contact you, Santa. Is that right? There is absolutely ways you can contact me all year long. You don't have to wait for Christmas. In fact, we have a YouTube channel called A Visit with Santa and Mrs. Claus, and we would love to have you come on board and see some of the people that we've talked to and interviewed like yourself. And also, we read stories there, and Mrs. Claus even has some recipes up there. So it's a whole lot of fun. So you should check us out on our YouTube channel there. And then, of course, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, you can actually have a virtual visit with me through your computer and you and I can chat and we can bring the grandparents on and the aunts and uncles and anybody else you care to bring on within reason. And we can have a nice chat together by contacting me at Zuhu, that's Z-U-H-O-O dot com. And if you ask for my special ID number, which is Jingle 
301 If you do that, you'll get me directly. They'll pull me out of wherever I am and drag me in <laughs> to the workshop. And we can sit down and have a nice chat together. So yeah, looking forward to it. I'm going to be talking to a lot of families this year because there's a lot of families that want some special things. And I want to, I'm happy to talk to them directly about that. And then, of course, we have a few books ourselves under the NorthPolePress.com. So if you go into the NorthPolePress, P R E S S.com, You'll find that we have some children's books and some fictional books, things that, you know, Extremis does more nonfiction and education and, you know, has some brilliant writings, but we're, we're kind of the fun side of this. So we do children's books and fantasy books that, and I do explain how some of the things are done at the North Pole. So by all means, you might want to check those out and see if you'd like to know more on how I do stuff. It's right there. But thank you for mentioning that. I appreciate that. <laughs> and one one final question because I know that you're very busy. Yes, the, sir. The office now. Um, what would you say is your best advice for people in the publishing industry like myself to avoid getting a lump of coal this Christmas? No. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I think everybody in the publishing world has taken its lumps already. So coal or otherwise, they don't need any more lumps. Now, I'm hoping that, you know, once we get the COVID-19 thing settled down, once we get the supply problem settled down and that kind of thing. Oh, but one thing that gives me an opportunity to mention this. If you think you're having trouble finding Christmas gifts, you don't have to look any further than companies like Extremis Publishing to figure out great Christmas presents without supply problems. And by all means, this is the time to be using uh, and buying from people that are doing more local vendor stuff and making it with the with their own hands. I mean, we do a lot of stuff up here in the North Pole, but we can't always do everything. And there's some fabulous crafters and vendors out there that are making things at home. And this is a great time to buy from them. You know, let the ships unload at their own leisure. You can still find some great Christmas presents. Just takes a little imagination and a little work. So look that up. Well, Santa, do you know, I always say, wherever there are writers, there will always be dreams. And we all know that in the North Pole, that's where dreams are made. So I would like to thank you very much indeed for taking time out of your busy period with the elves and Mrs. Claus to take the time to speak to me today. Um, I really appreciate it. And I would like to wish you a very happy Christmas and peace on earth to everyone at the North Pole. Amen. I will... Ditto that sentiment, and God bless you all, and may you all have a safe and secure and a happy Christmas. <laughs> Take care, everybody. I'll see you at Christmas Eve. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you so much, Santa. And thank you everyone at home for listening. Um, we really appreciate it all through the year. And I would like to take this opportunity to wish everyone a very happy Christmas and a wonderful, healthy, happy and prosperous new year in 2022. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Merry Christmas. <laughs>